Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to be with you on this Wednesday. Tomorrow's show will be in Lansing, Michigan. As Penn State will re enter the Big Ten. And play Michigan State. And then it's Michigan Sunday, and that will be at the Palestra in Philadelphia. Todd, happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday to you, too. It's hump day. I still love that commercial. (laughs) Yeah, 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 with the camel. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It is that. Um, It is that. All right. Um, take your calls as always. Uh, so, if you have questions, comments um, about anything, about the team, about uh, where college football is right now. Again, it, it's something that they need a course correction in college football, they need it badly. So let's get it right out of the gate with this. And again, whenever you want to, you are not interrupting when you call the show. You are not. You are a critical part of the show. Um, and um, and so I want to hear what you have to say and why you want to say it. And the door is open to you anytime you want to call and be a part of it, or if you have questions about something. And don't ever, and I tell my classroom this as well, there's no such thing as a bad question. Because you're probably asking a question that other people are hesitant to ask. So don't ever think that, ah, this is probably a dumb question. No. If it's a question, it's because you don't know or you're not sure. So don't ever hesitate to call and ask or just call and make a comment. This is what I think and why. Okay. So, you know, because um, I want to hear what you have to say. Always. It's one thing you do when, when you're, especially in the bowl trips when it's happening. There's so many people in the lobby. And, and they're not hesitant to tell you either have a question or what they think, and I I think people know I'm always willing to listen to everything. Um, and that's part of what this show is about. Um, now, I'll freely admit, Todd, the suit, I'm just, it's, it, you know, it, I'm sort of listening. It happens. Oh, you stopped listening to him how many years ago? Come on, be honest. <laughs> be straight. I know it's like, you just, you know, you you're a good guy, so you just appease him. Right? It's appeasement. You know that. Dave Ritchie, Saint. All right, so 
<laughs> well, I, I agree with that part of it too. But ooh, yes, Richie is. Uh, uh, and everybody says, "Why is Dave's voice always so fresh? He never gets to talk." All right, so he <laughs> <laughs> always sounds so fresh. Yes, of course he sounds fresh. So let's get to something that is um, important in college sports today. It, it it needs to be regulated. They've got to come up with something. They have to. But that is uh, not just the transfer portal, which, to its credit, uh, which we all know is um, – I don't know if out of control is correct, but there are a lot of fans who sense it's out of control. How about that? And – the other part is NIL. So the New York Times on New Year's Eve, okay, um, put out an article. And it was written by David Farenthold and Billy Witz. Farenhold took care of the Texas and Washington part of it because he was in New Orleans covering the Sugar Bowl. Witz was from Los Angeles where he was reporting on Michigan and Alabama. So we'll start with Farenhold. And let's start with Texas. It's going to take a little bit to get through. Oh, by the way, yes, Connor Stallions was at the Rose Bowl in the stands. Where do we come up with these people? Where where on the face of the earth do you sit back and go, okay, I really hurt everybody. I've disgraced the organization. I think I'm not going to show my face for a while. Nope, not this guy. He's there. What, 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 where do we find these people? Would you have put it past Michigan to put him in the stands there somewhere? Well, I don't know if Michigan had anything to do with it, but he was there. Yeah. Like, what are you doing there? This is a totally different generation than I grew up with. My generation would be like, I'm not going anywhere near this. I disgraced the whole thing. Oh, God. Right? The whole the whole thing surrounds what I did and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Okay? The, but he shows up. He's a, now, yeah, that sounds like he bought a ticket or somebody gave him a ticket or whatever. But he's there. Okay. Different. Different. All right. So let's get into collectives and name, image, and likeness. New York Times, David Farenhold, David A. Farenhold, Billy Witz. David reported from the Sugar Bowl. So we start out with Texas. 2021, Texas finished at 5-7. and seven. They lost six straight games at one point during that season for the first time since 1956. Steve Sarkeesian when the season was over, said, quote, we need bigger humans. So, they found a new legal way to get it done. And it is called cash. Tax-exempt charity called Horns with Heart. Set up by Texas football fans. And they shocked everybody when they said they're going to give every Texas offensive lineman 
$50,000 per year. So Cameron Williams, 6'5", 369-pound defensive lineman, gets the 50000 Said, quote, me growing up, I really didn't have money. So the 50000 it was just amazing. Now, he had already committed to play for Oregon, but he switched to Texas after the charity made the offer. He says it was a big reason. He said, I was just thinking about me helping out my family. And again, that's 50000 not for a year, per year. Texas had hoped for five offensive linemen doing this. They got seven. So, the name, image, and likeness, of course, transitions into mostly collectives. This tells you the landscape you're dealing with here, guys. Okay? They've also prompted a lot of red flags. Now, what are the red flags? Not the NCAA. Yeah. That group? Yeah. It's the IRS. Um, and the IRS was very concerned about the charity status of 501c3s. All right? So, Michigan, Texas, and Washington have all reached a point by adapting to and exploiting this flood of cash from the fans of the players. Trevor Keegan, offensive lineman at Michigan, key player. Played really well against Penn State. Every team in college football has a different approach to NIL, which is true. We'll get to Keegan's story in a moment. There are more than 140 collectives nationwide. And let's face it, they're competing for the free agent market of college talent. And boy, does it ever feel like it's in the shadows, right? Isaiah Bond, by the way, great call in the Auburn game by Brad Nessler. Bond, Isaiah Bond. That was great. I loved it. Isaiah Bond, Alabama wide receiver. We're walking around some days like we're 85 years old, but we're actually 19 or 20 because the physical toll takes on the game. That's what people don't realize at the end of the season with some of these guys. They are healthy to play, but they are beat up. Everybody is beat up. Bond said they had not realized how much money college generated for the school, which in Alabama it's about $131 million per. So what they're contributing back, it's nothing compared to what we're making, but it helps. So the group that they have that gives the money to the Texas offensive line, all right, the Texas line, they call themselves the Pancake Factory. They had to justify the payments to the players. Okay? Fans still can't, quote, pay the players. But they do it through a collective. The collective is called Texas One Fund. 
right? And what they've done is they've taken the money and instead of putting it into, which they still do, into, hey, I'm Todd Hummel for pick, okay, for we'll pick our sponsor, Sunbury Motors. I'm the star quarterback, da-da-da-da-da. That's not how this goes. It still goes that way. Right? Still happens. Nick Singleton with West Shore Homes and you know, things like that, right? Um, at Texas, since 2021, so this is not just this year, since 2021, the collective has paid $14 million to Longhorn athletes. 81% of it, by the way, has gone to football. Right? Adonai Mitchell is one of my favorite guys. Adonai Mitchell has caught a touchdown pass in each of the last five college football playoff games he's played in, including Monday night. That means he caught touchdown passes in the championship game each of the last two years against Alabama and TCU, respectively, because he was playing at Georgia. How do you leave Georgia? Guess what? Because Texas offered him money. He said he was able to take the money. He got to Texas. He bought his two-year-old daughter what she wanted for Christmas. He said, I got her a kitchen. That's her favorite thing. I'll call her, and she's like, Daddy, I'm making carrots. Williams, the big offensive lineman, bought his mother her first cell phone. Texas then did something which other collectives, including the ones at Penn State, have been doing. They've been trying to. Or, they organize themselves as a tax exempt charity. That means the donors can get a tax deduction. Now the IRS is looking into all this. The groups have justified their charitable status by paying athletes to visit sports camps and hospitals, or to post about nonprofits on social media. The question from the IRS is: Is that enough to justify being a charitable organization? You know, and charitable status. Okay. Now, a lot of them got tax-exempt status, but the IRS reversed itself in May, saying collectors might not qualify for tax-exempt status because their real purpose is to pay the players and not to serve the public good. Andrew D. Morton, nonprofit law attorney at the firm of Handler Thayer. I think the suit uses them, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got a few legal problems. You know. Right? Yeah. All created by himself, by the way. You just can't take a collective or a booster club and turn it into a 501c3 and then just pay everybody just whatever the heck you want to pay them, he said. He said there is a tax code for tax-exempt charities. Morton said the IRS could shut down the collectives, impose uh, penalty taxes if they don't change course. Interesting. According to the people of Texas, 
they look for charity work valuable enough to justify what it pays the football players. But last fall, they gave out $1.8 million to the football players. And so they're asking the IRS, is that enough to justify charity work? And again, they give 81% to football. That's just the Texas story. We'll get to the Alabama story in a moment as we continue on News Radio. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Ummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Start out the year with a brand new car. Wow. Wow. Great a pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. They go over every vehicle with a fine-tooth comb, which is great. Makes a big difference. Buying experience. Great service department, too. They're always looking for new technicians, which totally understand that. Um, uh, always understand that. Um, now, see, where am I sitting on the plane here? Oh, I'm in row nine. Very nice. And have uh, uh, da, 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 the entire row to myself. Very cool. <laughs> like it. It's basketball, so it's a little more leg row here to operate with. Very nice. Um, but the they're always looking for new technicians at Summary Motors. We always. Uh, and that's uh, that's because they're so busy, and they're really good at it. You're going to be with good people there. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Um So let's, uh, anything, your thoughts at all, Todd, on what I was doing with the Texas Collective? Well, my what I was thinking while we were talking about, you know, the IRS and charity, I, I wonder if they start saying the football players are the charity, because I don't know how you, how you, how you try and say it, it, you know, you're doing stuff for charity, and I get it, you're sending them out for stuff, but if most of the money's going to the players, how is it a charity? Well, they have to, okay. In the end, the players who receive the money do have to pay taxes. And that's something that, um, uh, for example, and James Franklin set this up years ago. Years ago he set this up. Um, and and that is, um, he, he set up a, a tax seminar for them. Because, look, he said, we're entering into this area. He says, you're going to have to understand. You're going to have to pay taxes on stuff. And so they want to make sure that is 
he's told me once, he's told me many times, the last thing he wants, and you can't control people, but the last thing he wants, he doesn't want to ha- hear a story about a former Penn State player that's broke. So they've got not just tax seminars, but also financial planning seminars. They've, they set up all that at Penn State for the players because he wants them to be best set up to leave. And when they leave here, they at least have a background of at least what to do. Okay, well, doesn't mean all of them are going to do it because everybody's different, but still. And by the way, I apologize. I, I guess I... I mentioned the Suits Law Firm, and I'm getting questions about it. His law firm is still Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. So I wanted to make sure that, you know. Mr. Cheatham called, did he? Uh, he did. <laughs> but uh, but Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is, is still the Suits official. Uh, it's, just, it's sad. Very sad. Right. Quite a group, though. Um, all right. So now we, we talked about Texas. Here's Alabama. And again, the um, New York Times, December 31st, David A. Farenhold, he covered the uh, Sugar Bowl, Texas, Washington. Billy Witz is the one that covered the Rose Bowl out in Los Angeles with Michigan and Alabama. So this is their story. Okay, Remember the world-famous comment that Nick... Saban made about Texas A&M. A&M bought every player on their team. We didn't buy one player. And Alabama played Texas A&M. Close game. Alabama won. They almost lost for a second straight year. Well, the very next season, Alabama had two new collectives. And here's one of the keys about it. Secrecy. Many collectives, as we know, don't say anything about themselves. You never know how much money is really going out. You don't know how it's distributed. Nobody knows. Okay? When people say, how much is this guy getting? I mean, really, nobody knows. So one for-profit company is called Yay Alabama. Now, they don't release a lot of details about how much money they get. They don't release any details about how much they they send out. They describe themselves as a collective, calling itself merely... They don't call themselves a collective, right? They call themselves an entity. See, that explains the the memo the suit sent out. I'm an entity. Like, What's next? You want to know what... uh, you want us to define what the word is is? Okay, just asking. Now, there's another one that's a tax-exempt charity in Alabama. That one is entitled Walk of Champions. Okay. Elliot Mazel is their board member, and he talked to the New York Times. They said that they estimate that the amount that they give to the football team works out to be about $2,500 per month per player. He said, the coach in the athletic department determine all that. We don't have that discretion, and we don't want it. Here's the problem. That's not exactly legal. All right? 
Steve Jones because, show. This is Todd speaking. Oh, Todd's talking to somebody. Okay. So that's not exactly under NCAA rules. That's not allowed. That's why when they went to John Parker Wilson, who's the president of the collective, he says, no, 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 no. He said, that's not how it goes. He said, the collective is not controlled, directed, or managed by the university. He said the group had only ever paid two athletes. Okay. Um, Steve, I have Dick from Milton on the line. Okay. Hello, Dick. How are you today? Happy New Year, by the way. Happy Happy New Year, brother. Same to you. Hey, I wanted to, I'm going to make a point here. You might not appreciate this, but you know you know how they're screwing up college athletics with this portal in the name and name and image? They're actually yeah. making a show like your show hard to listen to and even understand what the hell they're talk, people are talking about. I mean, it's pretty sad, I think, in a way. That what I'm talking about, you don't know what I'm saying, that no, I, 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 but, it, but it used to be you just talk about sports, what happened in the game, and, and what happened in this game. Now you're talking about a bunch of stuff with financial and lawyers and and tax tax breaks. I guess my point: they either may listen to a sports show hard to listen to, let alone following the game itself. The way the way the portal's going and this stuff, I think they've really complicated a simple sport: baseball, football, basketball, and made it hard to even understand. The talk shows now. I, I totally agree with you. Um, and, and that's now, sad in a way to me. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, but I thought it was important to do this today. So at least the, I'm, part of the goal of this show is to give people at least some knowledge to work with. Um, and I understand that. I, rather I, can, talk I can about, appreciate that. I mean, I'm sorry, Dick. I didn't hear what you said. I said I can appreciate that. I, that way they at least have a better understanding of what's going on at other places and then apply it to what's going on here. But, to your point, don't you think I'd rather sit here and talk about the game? I guess my question Yeah, I, my question to you is, where, where is this ever going to end? Uh, they need to have the guts and leadership, of which the NCAA has neither, they're gutsy when it comes to telling James Madison they can't compete for a championship. They don't have the guts when it comes to anything else. Uh, to look over and say, this is college sports. This is what we've agreed to. Uh, if you want to have a collective, fine, but we're going to cap the number that, that collectives can give out. We're going to shrink the, the time of the transfer portal to two weeks, right? One week at the end of the season. One week at the end of spring, that's it, right? You want to transfer a second time, you got to sit out of here, right? You want to challenge it in court, go ahead. We'll we'll accept any challenge you have because we've been challenged in court before. They need to have the guts. They can't just keep looking at the federal government saying, we need your help to do this. And maybe when it comes to the college football playoff, they may need collective bargaining because you, the fans, are the ones that pay the freight. I mean, and I don't mean pay the freight in collectives, all right? You can pay the freight in collectives. But you're the, you're the ones that pay the freight for the tickets. You're the ones that pay the freight for the parking. You're the ones that create the atmosphere. You're the ones that are drawn to the sport by the excitement of it, right? And I think one of the things that you, you just can't keep going to the well all the time saying more, 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 right? And you guys want to have... You know, a great experience and 
you know, fans across the country want to have a great experience. And right now, you know, you have to at least ask the question, are the fans having a great experience? And what can college football and basketball in particular do to make it a great fan experience? Because to me, you count above, you count more than, to me, it's a triangle. The players count, the coaches count, the fans count. I guess my point, my other point is, you remember the old expression, you, got, you can't tell the player, your teams without a scorecard? Well, now you can't even tell them with a scorecard. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty, I guess my point, if you looked at every bowl game this year and, and, and there was as much mention about who wasn't playing as who was playing, yeah. uh, for most fans of the teams that didn't have a very good experience just looking at that aspect of it. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll, uh, I'll bring up Olu Fashionu for a moment, all right? Yeah. And had some people had complained that he, you know, you know, he was going to play, he didn't play. Just remember, a year ago, it's always difficult to, to put people into shoes and and give perspective using history. But a year ago, everybody thought he was going. He was going to be a top ten, maybe a top five pick in the NFL draft, and he shocked everybody by saying he was coming back. Well, everybody at Penn State. While disappointed he didn't play in game 13, got 12 games of Olu Fashionu at left tackle that a year ago nobody thought he was going to do. Right, So he came back, got his degree, did his deal, first-team All-American, played great, represented the university well. And, yes, it's a disappointment he didn't play in game 13. But, geez, nobody expected him to play in the other 12 either based on what everybody thought he was going to do a year ago. I mean... So I mean, there, you know, there's certain things I do understand as time goes. Well, the only thing I'll, I'm going to leave it on this. The only thing I'm pretty sure of is you know, how long has the portal been going on? Like three years or so, three or four at the most. Yeah, three three years yeah. for three years for the for the five sports. For example, okay. as you know, as a big wrestling fan, you've been able to yeah. transfer and participate right away. I mean, who's the kid from Iowa State, Penn State guy? He transferred in. He, he participated right away years ago. But it was yeah. the five sports that had the sit-out and not the other sports. Wrestling didn't have that. Look, as much as I hate the portal, Penn State wrestling team made out really well with it, and I understand that. And, yeah. But why wouldn't you want to wrestle for Kale Sanderson if you were a good wrestler? I mean, Sure. And, and I understand that aspect of it as well as anything. I guess my point being is, it was three or four years of the portal. Now the name and image. I just I don't know what they'll what they'll think of next. Is to me, it's athletics. Athletics has really really changed in the last four, three or four years. You can't depend on if you can't depend on the players and can't depend on the coaches. What, what can you even depend on anymore? Uh, somebody's going to make up a schedule. I guess that's about it. The broadcasters. And hopefully, somebody will be there to play. The broadcasters. <laughs> well, you could, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. But the problem is, you guys. I, I mean, you guys went into this kind of blind too. You didn't know who was uh, sometimes who was going to play and not play. Dick, that's a joke. Okay. <laughs> I, said, I, I understand it, Steve. I guess it's just. I'll be I'll be damn glad when they start professional baseball and the guys all those guys making too much money at least are playing. Yeah, you know, you know, they're, they're not uh, swapping out teams like. Yeah. See, that's the what. The, here's what's about college sports. Because there's a collective bargaining agreement, you have less freedom of movement in the NFL than you do in college football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Saquon Barkley signs a four-year deal with the New York Giants, and then they have the option of five and six. 
But he's locked in for four years with the Giants before they even get to years five and six. A college player can have a great freshman year and say, you know what, I'm going to what I perceive to be greener pastures. They're offering me money, more money, I'm going there. The freedom of movement in college is exponentially greater than the professional league. And that just doesn't sit right with a lot of people. Well, I'm going to let you go with a happy new year, and I'm going to ask you one question. And I'm going to I'm going, I'll just turn, I'll just hang the phone up. Penn State yeah. recruited about 25 kids this year. I think you went through the list early on. Something yes. like 25 yes, incoming it recruits. Is, it is 25. Yes. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Just and this is a hypothetical or more of an estimate. How many of those kids do you think at the end of four years will still be playing football at Penn State? So that that just that 25 yeah. that class of 25. I'm not talking about last year's class or next year's group. Just yeah. how many how many guys if you were guessing how many think will actually be oh. playing at Penn State at the end of four years? Boy, and see, there's so think many circumstances. I'm going to hang up. I'm yeah. Let you go. Yeah, you can I'll, answer I'll, it on the phone. Yeah, yeah, I'll answer it as you hang up here. And that's always, go, that's go for it. All right, thanks a lot, Steve. Yeah, it's always a tough one to answer because because you know the old Bill Parcells saying your record is what. Uh, that's who you are, which I've always felt was one of the, you know, there's a couple of like, no offense, but like asinine comments in the history of sports that, that the shallow have latched onto. Um, And you are shallow if you latch onto that stuff. Right? It's just an easy, convenient out for you. There are always circumstances around every record. If a team is 13-4 and and it turned out they had a year, no injuries, fell into play, schedule was just right, whatever. Those are circumstances. Then you'll go another team that's really good, lost their quarterback for four weeks, had a bunch of injuries, had to replace him, had to bring guys up from the practice squad, ended up 9-8 and eight instead of 13-4. and four. Oh, well, your record is who you say. Well, no, circumstances entered into why one was 9-8, and eight, one was 13-4, and four, okay? So let's get to recruiting. Uh, Dick's right. They recruited 25 guys. How many of them will still be there four years from now? So, here are the circumstances that enter enter into it. The circumstances enter in that um, they love the school. They get into the first couple weeks of practice. They're like, oh, man, this is going to be, like, tougher than I thought it was going to be. But I'm going to stick it out. Okay? There's something about the place I'm going to stay, something about the coaches I'll stay. There'll be others that, like, okay, there are fabulous and you know what? In three years, they can go to the NFL. And guess what? They would be the kind of players that probably are playing so great. You look at them and say after three years, hey, you know, you should go. Okay? Now, Olu was one of those guys, and he didn't do it. He came back for a fourth year. Okay? And then there are going to be some some guys that can't get any traction, and they want to transfer out. Then there are going to be some guys like Jordan Miner, for example. Remember Jordan Miner had been recruited here? And then he then something came up in a physical, and he was unable to play. Ever. And he's not the only one. There was one other player, too, whose name escapes me. Same thing. Right? Then there'll be somebody else that gets hurt. Right? There'll be somebody else who has an academic problem. There'll be somebody that there's so many circumstances that enter in that actually factor into Dick's great question about how many of the 25 will be here in four years. So you don't know who gets hurt. 
you don't know if they they get into have an injury that knocks them out for the rest of their career. You don't know if there's some sort of dissatisfaction. They've got agents chirping in their ear. They've got parents chirping in their ear, and they decide, I'm going to go to greener pastures. You don't know if there's somebody that's so good that after three years they go to the National Football League, which you you understand. You're allowed to go three years and then put your name in for the NFL draft. And you just don't know that uh, all, all these circumstances that come up because four years ends up being, while it feels short, I mean, Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen and Abdul Carter are going into their third year at Penn State. I'm like, going, you've got to be kidding me. feels like it's gone by like that. But four years goes by fast in some ways, and is for the players as they go through this is long for them. So all these circumstances add up where it's really difficult to answer Dick, Dick's question, but the safe answer is not all 25. And there are going to be circumstances with each one's journey that's going to dictate whether they can make it to the four years. And we just don't know on this day. what. The, but I laid out most of the circumstances. Not all, but most of the circumstances. There are always circumstances. Not excuses, circumstances. The negative will always say, they're excuse, I said excuse. Okay, just okay, over here. Okay, when it comes to the wisdom part, I don't really need your participation. Okay? I don't need you shouting you know, their excuses. Take a moment and listen. You'd be shocked as to how much you can pick up if you listen instead of shouting from the highest mountain that everything is all wrong all the time. You have to take a, take a moment and then at least say, okay, wait a minute. I get it. All right. I see what's going on. And it's the same thing on this show. Okay? Like Dick called. I mean, Todd, what did I, what did I do with Dick? Listen the whole time. Because I thought Dick made some great points. I, it's one of those things that I, I get completely what he's saying because, you know, I, yeah. I mean, even in our lifetimes, it's gone, you know, when $3 million is a lot of money for, for a baseball player. And, <laughs> and, and, oh, excuse me. Okay, you want to know how old I am? All right. I remember when it was a huge deal. Willie Mays is going to get one hundred thousand dollars. One hundred thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! How about Yastrzemski? He's got. He's going to get a hundred thousand dollars. I mean now. I mean my goodness, that's tip change. <laughs> he's got. That's an incentive <laughs> bonus for the MVP, or not even the MVP. Right. Probably just right. an All Star oh, appearance. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean that says nothing today. And I remember it was a big deal then. Now, I'd like to point out in my life, $100,000 is a big deal. <laughs> I was going to say, I wouldn't turn down $100,000. Uh, no. All right. But great question by Dick. But how many would be there? Dick, that's a great question. And you know it's not going to be all 25. There's going to be so many circumstances in this windy, twisting road that is college sports that things are going to come up, and it's going to be different for almost all 25 as to how many stay and make it all the way through four and how many aren't here or or are not able to participate. There are going to be guys that won't be able to at some point because of injury circumstance. You don't know if a guy flunks out. You don't want that to happen. There's just a lot of things that happen. Oh, great question. Very thought-provoking. Uh, we'll come back more in a moment. And, I, and he's right. I'm talking here about the money and collectives, but again, I'm... Tr- I mean, do I want to sit here on this particular day? And as I told Dick, do you think I want to sit here and do something about collectives? Okay? 
I want to talk about the games. Like Dylan Johnson, it's like the the MRI in his foot was negative. They think he's going to play. Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator, said yesterday on KJR that he's going to play. They expect him to. Great. I mean, that's what I want to be talking about. I mean, but I'll do one more segment on this. Just give everybody an idea of the money. We talk about Texas. We're in the middle of Alabama. We'll finish up with Washington, Michigan, just to give you a feeling as to where this is right now because they need to garner some sort of control over this. College, the NCAA, college sports, they're allowing certain things to spiral out of control. They need to regain control of what's going on here. They took what Brett Kavanaugh wrote. Remember, the Supreme Court ruling. It's not the Supreme Court ruling on Alston. That was had to do whether you can have a, a, an iPad be given to you by the school, okay? It's what he wrote about. Hey, look, if you bring something else, we're you know you got to do something here. The players aren't making money, and they took that. That's what they've been running with. Well, you've got to have parameters over what's going on with this. Every business has parameters. They all do. What do you think? What do you think the the, the automotive workers don't have parameters? I mean, for goodness sakes, the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, they all have parameters. I mean, college sports doesn't have parameters. And some of these collectives have adapted faster than others. Like, for example, Kentucky basketball. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) The NCAA is so mad at Kentucky, they put Wichita State on probation. (laughs) 